0: Hmm. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chai with Sahai. Sahai is a mental health advocacy organization dedicated to spreading awareness and destigmatizing mental health. I'm your host Sonali and today we're super excited to have Neha Ballab with us. Neha has worked as a psychologist at various organizations before venturing into her niche area of study, developmental psychology. She is highly qualified with an MSc in Counseling Psychology and a PG Diploma in Special Education. Glad to host this podcast for you, Could you please tell us more about you?
1: Thanks for having me, Sonali. Well, right now I am a school counselor and I work towards the emotional and behavioral aspects of my students and teach grade 11 and 12 as a PGD psychology in Kothari International School, Pune. I manage the counseling and children with special needs department and head the sensitivity committee of my school. My job is all about helping students grow, not just in their studies, but in life too. I work with teachers and parents to make sure every kid gets the support they need to facilitate holistic development.
0: It's so inspiring to hear about your approach. I
1: feel it needs
0: to be considered crucial, not just in schools, but in all aspects of life, including the workplace.
1: Absolutely, Sunali. Your point about holistic development extends perfectly into the workplace. Just look. In schools where we focus on the all-round development of students, workplaces need to adapt a similar mindset. Mental health is a crucial part of this.
0: That makes sense. Speaking of mental health, there's been a lot of buzz about mental health days off at work. Why do you think this is something organizations need to take seriously and well ponder upon?
1: Mm, You know, Sonali, it's about seeing employees as complete individuals, not just as cogs in a machine. It's a sad reality of our time. On most weekdays in the service sectors, employees have to take work home. They work late in the night, eat out you can clearly see the cycle of how consumerism is being reinforced through the workplace culture that draws no boundaries. Then people are asked to eat healthy by their physicians Mm. to enable productivity. (laughs) Nevertheless, people have found healthy alternative eatery services which are again pinching their pockets. So it feels like people are earning so that they can put it back into the economy. How do we expect people living today to feel content when the workplace system is not an addition in their lives in their adulthood? Rather, I feel it's subtracting from their lives. Also, the constant stress on the weekdays physically manifests in employees in various forms.
0: That's so true. I've seen that happen in my workplace too. Uh, Well, it reminds me of my colleague having fated right in front of me, and we took them to the hospital. The next, yeah, and the next thing I heard is the physician say, it's a common occurrence in case of the said person. Whenever they are overstressed and added, there's nothing to worry. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thereafter, I just inquired once my colleagues were feeling okay. And uh, I remember that they mentioned something along the lines of, It happens whenever I have too much workload. So, I mean, it just tells us that everyone waits around for a physical manifestation of a bad mental health day to approve a medical leave.
1: (laughs) True, Sonali. Now your colleague must have gotten the medical leave approved for their condition based on the physical manifestation. But I've seen other people in getting rashes and they continue to work. Because while it may slow them down, they are still part of the co- productivity race. Right. Contributing in the company's operation or so the company thinks.
0: Well, you've used the word of the century, productivity, which I think is very cleverly ingrained by the upholders of the economy into our mindsets during the pandemic as the cornerstone of work from home model while the world was facing daily st- tragedies. So, I want to understand this one thing. Now that we are in the hybrid setup or in Mm -hmm. some places we are back to our offices, I've noticed friends feeling, my friends feeling unproductive and Mm -hmm. worse off than they were over the weekend even after spending the whole day at the office. This also tells us something if the person could take a day off from the office, there wouldn't be negative consequences and they might get better and have the bandwidth to make up for the previous day's work once they are back in the office. Mm -hmm. Given the present situation, it is unlikely that the streak of feeling low and guilt-tripping over unproductivity ends soon enough than had otherwise been the case. Could you please elaborate on this disconnect in uh, employer's understanding?
1: Okay, um, to start with, It's not just parity in how we view physical and mental health. Okay. For that matter, what you have described with your colleague fainting is a clear example of how physical symptoms often become the validating point for mental stress, Hmm. while the mental aspects themselves are overlooked. Hmm. Here I want to point out, currently if someone feels physically unwell, they can take a day off without needing a medical certificate. Stating, I am not feeling well. Right. But when it comes to mental health, if someone is feeling overwhelmed or burnout, it's not considered a valid reason for a medical day off. And this is an outcome of our misunderstanding that mental health always equates to a mental illness. Hence, the expectations of showing signs of physical ailments or mental illness we need to understand that constant bad mental health days eventually leads to mental illness or physical health deterioration. Hmm. Currently, the term mental health often gets wrongly associated with only conditions like depression or anxiety
2: Hmm.
1: or bipolar. It's crucial to understand that while everyone has mental health, not everyone has a mental illness what was your other point Um
0: oh, i was talking about the impact of being mentally absent on productivity
1: yeah so workplaces think it would cost them to recognize and understand how presentism is not better than absenteeism in social media we are seeing these productivity hacks that tell us how once we sit for 10 minutes it tricks our brain to sit for longer hours
0: oh I have tried that.
1: <laughs> All this bears heavily in the later stage in life as we
0: age.
1: Right. If the brain informs you that you are exhausted, you decide reasonably based on your behavioral patterns, which is again a topic for another day. But coming back to this, let's keep in mind that while absentism is easily measured, mm. you are either at work or you are not, presentism is more elusive it's harder to quantify how much an employee's productivity is impacted when they are not doing mentally well.
0: Correct.
1: And yet, as Goetzal et al. study suggests, presentism can have a significant impact on productivity. And I really wanted to mention this study because gap in understanding and recognizing the effects of mental health on work performance is where many employers fall short of Hmm. they may not realize that an employee who is physically present but mentally disengaged is not just less productive but could also be negatively affecting their overall work environment right this is why recognizing and addressing mental health proactively is so important and it's just not good for the employees It's good for the organization as a whole.
0: I I see how more than ever today, there's a need to humanize the idea around hiring an employee.
1: Exactly, Sonali. It's it's about creating an environment where mental health is openly discussed and prioritized.
2: Mm.
1: It's about removing the stigma that is attached to mental health issues and recognizing that taking a day off for mental health Is as valid as taking one for physical health
0: how do you see this impacting the workplace culture is something that I'm
1: eager to know about okay incorporating mental health day-offs into workplace policies is a proactive approach that can lead to a more engaged productive and healthy workforce that's what I feel okay the current SOPs which reads as standard operating procedures hmm. however do not consider mental health as a part of it it would majorly comprise of the when we talk about the leave sector casual leaves sick leaves and um, you know if taken for a certain period that would need a medical certificate right some organization menstrual leaves for females
0: correct
1: sometimes medical leaves or sick leaves are used for mental health days. But the point here is, it's not just about a day off. Mm. It's about creating an environment where mental health is openly discussed, prioritized, and it's about removing the stigma attached to mental health issues. And recognizing that taking a day, day off for mental health is as valid as taking one for physical health.
0: Yes, and uh, that as millennials and Gen Zs, we Mm -hmm. use our casual leaves for mental health day-offs, which hardly leaves us with days to attend to societal leanings if there are any. Uh, That stands absolutely true for myself, for me. Uh, But that's not true for the people in their 40s and above. They don't have the concept of a mental health day-off. It's really complicated. That's Mm -hmm. something that I've observed in my workplace. Uh, in some places, sick leaves is sick leaves are only applicable after one has worked for a year or two. It's funny to see uh, workplaces assuming that we are going to be dishonest with our leaves and let us know beforehand. <laughs> There's no denying that. But the point here is, why is the work culture a need rather than a want as a human? I think I've met enough people who also work Because that's how they place themselves as living beings. And capital gain is a part of it all. The privileged crowd, right? Uh, The middle class, Mm
2: -hmm. the
0: emerging urban population. Reminds me of Ikigai, but then Japan is currently going through a mental health crisis as a whole. Since we are talking about Japan, can you please throw some light on the situation in the rest of the world?
1: Okay. Japan that reminds me mandated sick leave isn't really a thing in Japan Okay. many workers use their annual leave to cover the days when they are ill hmm. meaning that it's unlikely that people will call in sick with stress and burnout hmm. we could go on and talk about different countries and different um, criteria they have based on the leave policy hmm. but one country that I'm really interested in talking about is Sweden okay because there have been several research papers recognizing
2: Mm.
1: how it stands out in terms of work-life balance with its flexible work schedules despite that sweden recognizes that burnout and stress are still prevalent issues at its governmental level in sweden occupational burnout And chronic stress are officially recognized as medical conditions. This acknowledgement is significant because because it entitles affected individuals to sickness benefits like uh, paid extended sick leave. For uh, conditions like burnout and chronic stress, the recovery period Mm -hmm. could range between 1 to 6 months. And in Sweden, individuals are allowed to take this time off without suffering financially. Wow. Uh, Yes, it is wow. The Swedish Social Insurance Agency plays a crucial role here, offering about 80% of the salary for up to a year for health-related time off.
0: That's a major development.
1: Yes. And this approach underscores the importance of financial security in mental health recovery. I mean, not having to worry about income loss when recovering is crucial. Treatments for conditions like burnout are heavily subsidized, hmm. making them accessible to a wider population. Hmm. Individual th- therapy is available through public health care. Okay. Minimal out-of-pocket costs and uh, group stress management courses are offered at a very affordable prices. Right. Sweden also focuses on prevention addressing the work environment and culture Mm. to reduce work-related stress. Policies like long vacation times, parental leave, flexible schedules and a 40-hour work week contribute to this preventive approach. Additionally, the Swedish Work Environment Act mandates employers to create a work environment that supports both mental and physical well-being which is taken seriously by most companies While not perfect, Sweden's approach demonstrates the importance of systemic support, financial security, accessible treatment and preventive measures in managing mental health in workplace Hmm. and this model could offer valuable lessons for other countries and organizations Striving to prioritize mental health. True. Yes. And if we talk about our country, in India, we might not have the luxury to apply everything for a huge economy like ours. But we definitely can find a way that works out well for us to an extent. Hmm. We need to start talking and building a supportive environment. Companies need to start recognizing employees as humans and not as a money-making machines.
0: Yeah, well, you seem to emphasize on where humans are likened to machines and I'm reminded of one of the most discussed videos on social media in the recent times wherein Mr. Narayan Murthy's seven hours work weekday created chaos on Instagram and elsewhere. People criticized Mr. Murthy using the patriotism and contribution to the Indian economy to guilt trip the current workforce to actually hide his capitalist leanings as an employer in today's time and date. What do you have to say about it?
1: (laughs) Okay, Sonali, the debate around Mr. Muthi's comments really brings to light the varied perspectives on work culture. On one hand, there are those who see long hours as a measure of success and dedication They argue that hard work, especially in the context of contributing to the economy, Hmm. is a form of patriotism. On the other hand, many oppose this view and advocate for a smarter approach to work. Hmm. They believe in the importance of quality over quantity, emphasizing that um, effective and efficient work doesn't necessarily require extended work hours. I
0: agree.
1: And... uh, From my perspective, the expectations to work 12 hours a day raises significant concerns about work-life balance. Hmm. It's not just about personal preferences. Such long hours can seriously jeopardize mental and physical health. We are talking about risks like increased anxiety, stress, not to mention the toll it takes on a person's uh, me time and social life.
2: Hmm.
1: Moreover, extended work hours can adversely affect cognitive functions, including attention, concentration, focus, memory. In contrast, there is a growing trend towards a 4-day work week, which underscores the changing attitudes towards work-life balance. Right. This shift raises an important question, whose responsibility is it? ensure a better balance and right. I believe it's a shared responsibility mm. between employees and employees. A balanced approach can be achieved through open communication mm. a flexible work environment mm. and mutual respect for personal space and self-worth. Right. I am a firm believer in the principle that quality of work is far more important than the quantity of work hours. This isn't just about personal well-being it's about fostering a sustainable and healthy work environment.
0: That's a powerful perspective, Neha. One last question from my side in light of the intensive work hours that are often expected in today's corporate world. While we recognize the importance of policy changes in addressing mental health at the workplace, such changes often take time to implement. In the meantime, what advice would you offer to employees on how they can proactively manage and take care of their mental health, especially in environments where long working hours are the norm and talking about mental health is a taboo.
2: Mm,
1: it's important that we always remember that mental health is a part of overall building. Right. Throughout our discussion, I have emphasized giving mental health equal, if not greater, importance than physical health. Hmm. Meanwhile, I would like to add that both are interdependent and that lack of acknowledgement is the gap in our health education and related policies, which often overlook the comprehensive approach to health. My emphasis on mental health days off is a precursor to a broader discussion. Hmm. Eventually, I envision a future where separate mental health awareness policies are unnecessary as mental health care will be a default aspect of health policies and insurance benefits provided by organizations. That
0: would be Coming
1: good. back to your question, hmm. I would like to cite just as how we have routines for physical health
2: hmm.
1: like brushing, bathing, Moisturizing, eating healthy food, using comfortable cushions while working for long hours, and the list could go on. We also need to establish daily routines for meeting our mental health needs. Hmm. Incorporating mental health practices is unique to each individual. So I am going to only provide a basic framework for a mental health inclusive daily routine. Just like how we start our day by brushing our teeth, start your day with mindfulness and intention for mental health. Okay, We have so many different types of activities lined up throughout the day for physical health. Likewise, I suggest one should have a dedicated time and activity that they do as a self-care for mental health. Like reading books, taking a walk, gardening, do something that makes you happy. Paint, color, yoga, declutter and over your list goes on in this context too. Yeah. Now, I have given examples of a few self-care activities which are not limited to an employee of an organization. In fact, I believe it should be a norm from childhood till we reach our old age.
0: How amazing. That would be.
1: <laughs> Nevertheless, changing and evolving with time keeps in uh, tandem with our biology.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, Sonali, since we are trying to figure out employee-specific routines and how a working individual should be taking care of their mental health, mm. I would say the first thing to focus on is how you start your day. Mm. Now, slow mornings are a bliss where I know not everyone can afford to start their day slow. Mm. They can get up 10 minutes early to experience that calm and serenity before all that hustle bustle starts. Yeah. Now the 10 minutes can be for meditation, sitting with your thoughts, preparing yourself for the day you choose. Hmm. Okay. Second, I would say in this competitive industry where everyone is trying to prove themselves, we tend to focus on our weaknesses and eventually succumb to negative thoughts
0: yeah more often
1: yes and this is the moment you should remind yourself of your strengths this shift needs to become your second nature capitalize on your second strength sorry capitalize on your strengths and seek out projects that bring you satisfaction
2: Hmm.
1: because when we use our strengths the activity feels natural to us and we are more likely to experience accomplishment this technique can always help you get your mojo back. Yeah. If you ask another, I yeah, would say stop. On. stop. Stop. Just stop comparing yourself to others. Choose to be the better version of yourself.
0: Very important. Okay.
1: Another way could be gratitude. Well, I talk about this a lot to my students too. Hmm. Practice gratefulness. And it can be done in various ways. Hmm. But I could think of like, you know, you start by thinking about uh, the things which you are grateful for. You could also consider writing small notes or emails to express your gratitude towards others.
0: That's a good idea.
1: Kindness, help people, kindness, compassion, altruism, making unselfish choices. Hmm. And I would like to quote here, which is like one of my favorite. Okay. In this world where you can be anything, be kind. This is one line I keep repeating to my students, batch after batch. Now, let's science this out as well.
2: Okay.
1: The concept of kindness. The concept of the helper's high arose in the 1980s and has been confirmed in various studies since then. It okay. consists of positive emotions hmm. following selfless service to others. Hmm. It is um, linked with uh, greater health and increased longevity. And um, th- that's what is associated with the psychological state.
2: Okay.
1: Also, it releases your happy hormones, oxytocin, serotonin and dopamine. Oh. And, you know, irrespective of following all of these things, I would say, talk. Please don't bottle it up. Talk to someone you think you're close to, you're comfortable with. Someone you think would listen to you without judgments.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I also know that many companies have tie-ups with psychological counseling agencies. Please reach out to them. It's high time that we break the stigma and seek help. Okay. And lastly, I would say, be your own biggest cheerleader. Ah.
0: Right. We all need to be our biggest cheerleaders. Thank you for sharing these insights with us today, Neha. I like how you've left us all on a new high with the catchphrase, help us high. It reminds me of our psychology class where we first encountered the term Good Samaritan. Do you remember?
1: Yes, I do. Positive psychology.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. As an ethical concept, but here we are understanding that when ethical motivations fall short, appealing to personal benefits can be a powerful motivator in society.
1: Thank you. I hope we find a healthy work culture fostered in the new year 2024 with um, policy changes and debates already happening around menstrual (laughs) leaves.
0: Yes, the... Female body is always up for a debate, but the mind does not even find that space. Uh, While one wants to be left alone, the other is craving for attention and rightfully so. I'd like to bid goodbye uh, with this quote by Donna Haraway. By the late 20th century, our time, a mythic time, we are all chimeras theorized and fabricated hybrids of machine and organism. In short, we are cyborgs. Thank you for listening to us. Have a great day ahead. Thank you, Neha.